we on right now? Yeah. Oh, but I can't hear the music because it's only in your headphones. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, I, I can't hear the music because you're wearing headphones. Oh, you Why can't hear the music? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't realize that, was, that we were on. We're on. We're on. Okay. Yeah. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is jump on me. Up. <laughs> we're here. We're here. This is C-Block. <laughs> We're trying some new things out. I'm trying out uh, some new headphones to try to correct some terrible audio problems we've been having lately. Uh, lately. <laughs> yeah. For the late, by lately, I mean six years. Yeah, for the last five. six, the lately six years. We're getting old. <laughs> so it's like We're six years old. is lately. Happy Father's Day. This is Jeff on the Up, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Today is Sunday, June 21st. Also, happy uh, summer solstice, mid-Somal, a a movie I have not seen yet. But I really want to. Uh, Sam, what's your favorite scary movie you've ever seen? Uh, So, it's like an older Italian horror movie called Opera. Have you seen it? No. It's uh, Dario Argento. Do you know him? No, I don't. But famous do Italian hot, yes. horror director. Like his most famous movie is Suspiria. Probably have you seen that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got a Tinder date story about Suspiria. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. No, that's probably more interesting. Why don't you tell that? That that's the story is that I matched with a girl last year on Tinder, and uh, we went out to the movies. And her choice was to see the 70s version of Suspirio. Oh, so yeah. That was our first date. And then we didn't have a second date. Nice. Because you were, like, clearly way too into the horror movie. I I don't know what happened. Yeah. Every time something horrible happened, you just <laughs> turned to her and, like, pointed at her in the theater? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what happened was... I kept trying to make fun of the movie, and she kept shushing me. Oh. Yeah. Movies are not great for first dates, I feel like. Especially horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, this movie operates about this serial killer who's obsessed with this prima donna opera lady. Okay. Every time she gets close to somebody, he, like, ties her up and puts spikes under her eyes so she can't close her eyes and then, like, stabs them to death in front of her. That's disturbing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's a fucked up premise. But the thing that makes it really scary is, like, it's just, like, super creepy opera music is the soundtrack because it's, like, about opera, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One movie I've never seen is Black Swan. Have you seen that movie? No. No. We should watch that movie sometime. I'm not, like, a huge horror guy. Me either. And, like, I don't get, like, I'm not, I don't get the gore porn. Like, that doesn't turn me on. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally understand that. So, Uh, like, like, Saw? Yeah, don't care for it. Not my thing. Totally right. not my thing. Right. Did you ever see Babadook? No. 
That's if you want to get me into horror, Babadook is my one of my favorite horror movies. Right. Like a a scary man, a scary tall man in a black coat with a black hat hanging out in a young boy's bedroom, which is the nightmare I had when I was a kid. Right. That's what it's about. Cool. You ever see the movie The Others? Maybe. Is it old? 2002, probably. Maybe. I've seen a lot more, like, old horror movies than new horror movies. Rosemary's Baby? Seen it. Yeah. What's your opinion of Rosemary's I like Rosemary's Baby. I really love the ending when all the old people <laughs> turn out to be... The... Oh, hey, let's Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> All the old people turn out to be a satanic cult. And it's just like a bunch of super old grandmas who are like, Hail Satan! Hail Satan! And they're like knitting. They're like knitting. Like exactly. little pentagram like it's, onesies for the baby. It's, it's scary and funny simultaneously. I thought it was too funny to be scary, honestly. And I oh. thought that the rest of the movie was kind of scary. It freaked me the fuck out. It freaked me the fuck out. Man, okay, so... Children of the Corn, you ever see that one? Never saw Children of the Corn. It's not that scary, but, like, children are just kind of creepy in general, you know? True. So it's like, doesn't... You know, to all you fathers out there... Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, your kids are fucking terrifying. Just so you know. Children are terrifying. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Baba Duke is about a child being terrified. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, Indiana Jones. Okay, I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. When I was a child, I was terrified by the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Do you remember that movie? The third one was Sean Connery in it. The end. Is that the Ark of the Covenant? No, that's the first one. This is the okay. third one. Oh, with, with the cup. With the cup, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I was probably five years old when this movie came out. And I fucking loved this movie. This is probably my favorite movie in the world. And I would always watch it. But I was always stopped at the end because I was too frightened to watch the Nazi drink the water from the wrong cup and turn into a, like, age. Into a corpse. Into a corpse. Yeah. You see, for me, it was Temple of Doom when they ripped that dude's heart out. That's a scary fucking thing, too. That movie scared the shit out of me. And I, like, watched all... Like, that didn't... The Nazi drinking out of the wrong cup didn't scare me. The, like, all the Nazis getting killed by the vengeful god didn't scare me. But when that, like, (laughs) voodoo guy ripped the guy's heart out of his chest and, like, held it in his hand... That scared the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's scary shit. That is scary shit. I'm not... I'm not shaming you at all. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm, no one's shaming anybody here. I'm just the, telling you my Indian Yeah, yeah. After years of hiding my eyes from that one scene of that Indiana Jones movie, 
I finally, probably when I was nine or ten years old, got the courage to actually watch it. Uh huh. And realize how like cartoonish and gimmicky the scene actually was. That was an enlightenment moment in my mind. That what was happening in my head was infinitely scarier than what was actually happening on the big screen. Right. Because I watched the guy, like, it's a funny scene. The guy's like, ah! And it's like, it's like you're watching an episode of The Muppets, essentially. Right. Like that he, old guy's he, just there, like... Yeah. <clears throat> like, can't even pick his sword up. What? <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for five, six, seven years, I was like, this is the most terrifying thing possible. In cinematic history. Yeah, exactly. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, man. That guy looks like Kermit the Frog. Right. Do you think that that is, like, because at its, like, and we're going deep into, like, psychological delve here. Do you think that even as a child, you were afraid of growing old and dying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's why that scene was so scary to you? Yes. Oh, 100% yes. I have memories when I was probably six being, Mob, I don't want to get old and die. (laughs) And she was like, I got bad news for you, Joel. (laughs) Yeah, Sam, you know I'm a philosophy major. Yeah. They're shooting fireworks off. Yeah, fireworks. Okay, happy, cool. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. <laughs> that was that was Friday. Today's Sunday. I know, but they started shooting fireworks off. I didn't like. I didn't realize why they were shooting fireworks off. Remember yeah. when we talked about it? It was for yeah. Juneteenth because on Juneteenth it was like ridiculous. Okay, let well okay. Let's talk about childhood traumas first, and then let's talk about racial politics later. Yes! <laughs> I want to make sure you're good and drunk before we talk about the racial politics part. Um, yeah, okay, so, like, when you study philosophy, the beginning of philosophy is the recognition that you are mortal. That's the first part of philosophy. Like, someday I will die. Right. And then you begin the entire philosophical tradition after that. And I remember being, you know, six years old and being like, what is it? Is it just a dark room forever? Or is it just a white room forever? Because that's not fucking better. Yeah, because of white supremacy, probably. Well, let me put it this way. White supremacy doesn't uh, follow through to the afterlife because would you rather be locked in a white room forever or a black room forever? They're both 
Never mind. I'm making a pitch. That sentence. Um, they're both bad. We're going to get Joel in trouble today, everybody. You're right. <laughs> Basically, have you ever seen The Good Place? Yes. Yep. I yeah. saw the first season, I think. Maybe the first two seasons. I haven't seen the whole show. Oh, okay. You should probably see the whole the whole show, because that's kind of the the point of that show. Is for you to watch all of it? Yeah. I feel like that's the point of most shows. Not, not, no, no. Like, why do we do it? Like, who fucking cares? Doesn't matter. You can randomly watch a Law & Order show. That's true. It's funny, because Law & Order is the show that came into my mind also. <laughs> dun, dun. All right, let's get into a topic that's going to get me less in trouble. Wait, wait uh, what happened? Um, did we finish that? You're afraid of getting old and dying. Wait, how are you still oh. afraid of getting old and dying or no? Yes, yes, everybody should be afraid of getting old and dying. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, like I will maintain that that's something people should be afraid of. Right. Um, so what do you, do you think it says about me that as a child I was terrified of having my heart ripped out by a cult leader? That, that I'm afraid of religion? Because that's pretty fair. I, yeah, yeah. I or would, maybe I, I'm afraid of having my heart broken even as a child? See, I'm not going to go to that kind of, like, metaphorical level. My thing would be, you grew up in this, like, rural cult-like setting. Mm-hmm. So who was, oh, I like this. Yeah, so who was the, like, cult leader of your cult growing up? My mom? Yes. Yeah. Probably. I'm afraid of my mother, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying you're afraid that, of your That mother. feels like a cop-out, though. That feels like a Freudian oh, cop I, I wasn't trying to go there, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so if you, like, oh, man. <laughs> now I gotta think about this. I think... Long-time listeners of this podcast know that we're big fans of that wild, wild country documentary on Netflix. You know right. the one I'm talking about? Yeah. And that's where my mind is going to. First of all, because it's in Oregon, and I'm an Oregonian. And, like, you know, my parents say, and I know my parents are loyal listeners to this podcast... They say they were not members of the Rajneeshi cult, right. you know. Right, but if they are loyal <laughs> listeners of this podcast, they know that we don't believe them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what would happen if the Rajneeshi showed up in upstate New York or Vermont, Right. Very similar demographics, economics. Like, it could happen to you. What's the XVII cult that happened very recently in upstate New York? 
Was that the like sex slavery cult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but someone famous was like a member, right? Yes, somebody famous, and uh, I'll Google that right now. Yes, but see, I don't think that that holds water though, Joe, because I don't feel like as a kid I was like <clears throat> super aware of cults. I was. Right. Well. There you go. <laughs> uh, here, here's something that's really interesting to me, maybe uh, to nobody else. The thing that's interesting to me is when I grew up in mostly rural Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, the, the high school cliques were based on mostly religious backgrounds. Interesting. So, like, almost everybody was white. Right. And, and there was class distinctions, but I was in the atheist clique. Right. There was a Mormon clique. Weird. There was a Catholic clique. Uh-huh. And there's like a non-denominational slash evangelical clique, which was the largest group of students. Right. And I think that is a, a Western states thing that doesn't necessarily happen in other regions of the United States. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I went to Oregon for the first time just last year for podcast contributor Marin's wedding. Right. Um, And I was not, I wouldn't say shocked because that would be way too an extreme of a reaction, but I was not expecting the amount of religious radio stations that I encountered. Oh, good point. Like, we kind of went all over the kind of western portion of the state, and we were never outside of the, like, broadcast region of at least two at any point. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I think about a lot. Like, Oregon is, along with Vermont, one of the whitest states in the nation. Yeah, well, don't get it twisted, because Vermont is... Is the whitest state. Yeah, yeah. Oregon's top five, probably. Iowa and New Hampshire, I think, are whiter than Oregon. Maybe Maine. Maybe Maine. But it's, like, close between Oregon and Maine. Um, But they're all reliably blue in the presidential elections. Right. And... That's something I think about a lot. Because Oregon does have a very racist history. Uh, The Klan was huge in the Portland area around the 1920s. The Lake Oswego Dragons, you know, that's why they're called the Lake Oswego Dragons. There was a constitutional law against black people owning property in Oregon until the 1920s. 
like like Oregonians and 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 folks in the West in general, we like to have this idea, and I'm talking about white people here. We like to have this idea that we are somehow separate from the nation's racial animosities. Like that's that's your problem, you folks on the East Coast, the South or the Northeast. California. Well, no, no, California, I think, agrees with Oregon that we don't have to deal with the issues of racial politics. California? I think it's a myth. That's what I'm arguing. It's a myth. It's a myth. It's not true. I, I hear what you're saying because of, like, you know, the LAPD and everything. Right, Rodney King, but also, like, <laughs> like, massive immigration and right. migrant farm labor from Mexico. and Richmond, California was one of the uh, a very wealthy African-American population until the California state government shut it down. What was Richmond, California. It's in oh. it's it's near Oakland. It's Bay Area. And the government shut it down. Yeah. Why? Racism. <laughs> Short answer: racism. Long answer: not extending mortgages to African Americans in Northern California. Like make, like making sure black people who had access to property no longer had access to that property. Right. The, the, the state of California and the federal government passed a series of laws in the 1950s and the 1960s that really, I mean, dis, disenfranchised is the wrong word. The word, I I don't know what the word is, like, evicted black people. Like, evicted black property owners from Northern California. Uh, I cite my source, Color of Law is the the source I'm citing. Hmm. Basically, these black people bought property before World War II, and in the 40s and 50s after World War II, they got evicted from the property that they owned by the federal government and by the state of California. Right. Yeah. Under the guise of something. Of, uh, of creating projects was what they were doing. But projects for white people. White people projects. Huh. So, like, essentially... Okay, this is ostensibly a baseball podcast. So, after World War II, you have the federal government... There's Truman and Eisenhower. There's an insane amount of federal money to build up the U.S economy after World War II. And a lot of that is in developing housing projects. And the color of law, whose author I forget. Oh, no. I, I, it's 
I was about to reach for it, but I found the book. The Color of Law is like, basically, the federal government pumped all this money into housing projects after World War II. And all these housing projects became segregated. They were not segregated before the federal government pumped all this money into it. And then they became segregated. You had thriving black middle classes in in Northern California. And then they got locked out of housing. I'm done. Sorry, I'll I'll shut the fuck up. No, no, no. That's interesting. Just trying to wrap my head around it. And so, how does this tie into California thinking that they're outside of the race conversation? Well... Because the history is there. Right, right. Because the history is there. And, And maybe I shouldn't say that California is outside of it, although I think they... They think they are... You know, like the Rodney King uh, beatings, the O.J. Simpson trials. That's all about race and the LAPD. California, I guess, has a different history than Oregon, which has a different history than Idaho, which has a different history than Washington. But growing up in Oregon... I definitely had the the sense, I was taught, that, like, the Civil War was between the North and the South. And and that's, that's, that's their problem, right? Like, the race problem is a problem that we in the West, do not have to deal with. But that's a myth. That's the myth of Oregon. That's, I would argue, the myth of Washington. I would argue it's a myth of the establishment of California until black people actually started moving to San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Like, like, why is Oregon so liberal and so white? Right. It's like a white savior complex. I think so. I think that's got something to do with it. They, like, vote blue and then just, like, quietly keep black people from moving into the state. Yeah, or like gentrify Alberta Street, which is the one black neighborhood in Portland, which is probably the only black neighborhood in Oregon, honestly. (laughs) I went to Alberta Street in 2002 because my cousins were living there. I, I showed up on a bus, and it was, like, probably 2 in the morning. And I went to their apartment. And this guy, he was a white guy. I showed up to their apartment, and he was pissing on the door to their apartment building. And I needed to get into the door that he was pissing on. 
I said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. And he looked at me. And he was very nice. And he's like, oh, do you need to go? Right. That's the joke. Oh, I got you. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the C block. Believe it or not. This is the seest of the C blocks that we have done in a while. Yeah. I hope y'all are doing well. Thanks, everybody, who's been listening to the podcast. Please keep uh, listening to it. Sam, I've been kicking ass on Twitter. We have a lot of new Twitter followers. Cool. It's been good. Uh, I'm trying to get that to equate to podcast listeners, which I've been less successful about. Right. Uh, how, how can I work with that? I don't know. I don't know how social media works, Joel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why this is a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is like a, like one of those unknown gems. Undiscovered gems. I watched, like uh, I watched Uncut Gems. Of the podcast world. Let's huh? talk about Uncut Gems after I do my thing. Have you okay. seen un- Have you seen Uncut Gems? Yeah, I've seen Uncut Gems. Yeah, let's talk about Uncut Gems. The point is, though, is that, you know, we're both going to die penniless, you know? Addicted to drugs, alcoholics, living in church basements. And okay. then, you know, someone's going to be going through our rat boxes with our bundles of rags or whatever it is that we call possessions. And they're going to find all of the recordings of this podcast. And then a hundred years from now, they're going to be sold at the auction house for billions of dollars because of inflation. Like these masters, these art masters who were never appreciated in their time. You know what I'm saying? Now they're just going to be like, these idiots were afraid of Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's true. We probably <laughs> lost some followers on that diet. <laughs> All right. Well, shout out. Shout out. Oh, oh, last week's episodes. I actually think they're very good episodes. Thank you to Dublin, Ireland, Cincinnati, Ohio, Monticello, Illinois, Clifton, New Jersey, Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania. Champaign, Illinois, Barcelona, Spain, Lewiston, Maine. Dude, you gotta tell them to stop shooting fireworks. Up. <laughs> this is the way it is here nowadays. Here, I'll, let me close my window. It's so hot here. No, no, keep your window open. I'm just like, dude, you gotta tell them to stop shooting fireworks. It's out of control. Yeah, Barcelona, Spain, Lewiston, Maine, Mountain View, California, Towson, Maryland, Dorchester, Massachusetts, New Berlin, Wisconsin, Eustis, Florida, Yekaterinburg, Russia, 
Hilliard, Ohio, Birmingham, Alabama, Providence, Rhode Island, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Uh, give us a rating and a review on Apple iTunes. Uh, you can also listen to us on SoundCloud or Spotify. Uh, we're just going, we, we already did the C-block. Right. <laughs> that, that felt more like A-block. Joe lectures Sam on ra- like racial politics. You know? Right, 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 right. Let's talk about the fireworks for a second. Okay. Because I think it's cool. Do you want to know who doesn't think it's cool? All of, all of the dogs in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Yes, I feel so bad for all the dogs in Brooklyn. <laughs> Let me just talk about the dogs in Brooklyn real quick. Because first it was uh, coronavirus quarantine, right? And everybody's all the dogs masters were home all day all of a sudden and dogs usually like and dogs are excited right dogs like that shit but dogs usually sleep all day right so like dogs are going from like 18 hours of sleep a day to probably like 10 hours of sleep a day which is crazy and then everybody's wearing a mask right and like dogs take a lot of cues from human, like nonverbal cues from facial expressions. So like these dogs who are already sleep deprived are now can't like get their their cues from their humans because their humans are always wearing masks when they go out anywhere with the dogs. Interesting. So a lot of dogs have started like getting real freaked out by masks. And then all of a sudden, they're just blasting off fireworks, like, all day long. I don't get the fireworks. Like, I, I, I can come up with a fucked up justification for everything. Until the fireworks. What do you mean? Don't shoot off fireworks. Stop. Nobody likes fireworks. I don't know. I like fireworks. No, you don't. You don't like fireworks. They're shooting off fireworks right now, and it's making you upset. You no, you Joel, don't. it's making you upset. That's why. That's why I was gonna close the window. <laughs> it's not making me <laughs> upset. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just like the dog. The Brooklyn dog is like, why is everybody shooting fireworks? Right. Well, it's like. So just imagine, like, you, all of a sudden, you cut your sleep in half, okay? And then... Which which I've done. Right. And then, all of a sudden, everybody that you know starts speaking a different language, all of a sudden. Which happened one time, yeah. Right? Right. And then, like you're dropped in the middle of a war zone. You have no idea what's going on. Like, that's the reality of the dogs in Brooklyn these days. Sure. So everybody out there, send a little love towards a puppy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pro-dog. I am pro-dog in this situation. Right. And anti-firework. 
always anti-firework, even when I, uh, even when I was a kid. Like, really, a fireworks that cool? They are. They're, they're nice. really cool. Listen to how cool that is. So cool. <laughs> so fucking cool. <laughs> anyway, this is a bro dog podcast. Right. We're we're pro dog, but we're split on the firework. Question. We're split on the firework. Question. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to say about baseball? Uh, you know, we should probably do a little research and come back with a proper A block about it. But as it goes right now, the the players told the league that they were done negotiating, and that. I mean, the league was never negotiating. And they, they said they were done negotiating and that they just wanted the league to set the schedule. And then the league said they weren't going to set the schedule. They were just going to cancel the season. And then the president of baseball, Rob Manfred, the billionaire bootlicker, called a meeting with the Tony Clark, president Clark. of the Players Clark. Union, and they came out of the deal. They came out of that negotiation. Major League Baseball proposed another deal for 60 games at full prorated pay. <clears throat> and the players refused it. And then the players came back with a 70-game with a proposal. And the league refused it. And then that's where we are now. Yeah. So again, the league is refusing to negotiate. They will have yeah, their way, I, I, I or was, they will have no way at all. I was surprised by the last turn of events. I thought they were going to be arguing about the the minutia. I thought we were going to have sixty-five games. I was really surprised. When Manfred said, no, we're not, we're done negotiating after the 70-game proposal. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're going to have baseball. I think coronavirus is going to crush everybody. I don't right. think we're going to well, have Florida, baseball. Florida's really fucking everyone right it's now. It's scary as hell right yeah. now. Yeah. Fuck Florida. That's all I have to say. Seriously. Like, the NBA is not going to happen now, probably. I think the NBA is going to happen, and I think everyone's going to get coronavirus. In Florida. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. Which right. is bad. Which is a bad thing to happen. Yeah. America does not deserve sports. Imagine if LeBron James died of coronavirus. That's the saddest thing I've thought of all day. <laughs> That'd be fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be fucked up. Why you make me think about this, Sam? Why you make me think about yeah. LeBron James dying of coronavirus? But, you know, it could be that it's like all of a sudden people take it seriously. You know what I mean? He is, he is probably the healthiest Human being alive. Yeah, exactly. 
Except for maybe Donald Trump in Donald Trump's mind. <laughs> uh, in Donald oh, Trump's mind, it's I did, Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then LeBron James is the second most healthy person in Sam, the world. Sam's following a conversation we were having off microphone. <laughs> no, you don't need that off microphone conversation to get that joke. <laughs> Donald Trump thinks he is. Dude, that joke is not the I love it. Anyway, Donald Trump thinks he's the LeBron James of, I don't know, Baltimore? Billionaires. Billionaires. <laughs> Like, of course, LeBron James, if he gets coronavirus, will probably be fine. Right. Yeah. Probably. But he'll he'll give it to you and me, and we'll probably be fine. But then we'll give it to, like, you know, Woody Guthrie? I don't know. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. We'll probably give it to Bob Dylan. And then Bob Dylan will die. And we'll all be sad that Bob Dylan's dead. We will be sad. But some of us thought that he already was dead. So that'll <laughs> soften the blow a little bit. Bob Dylan, not dead yet. <laughs> right. Oh, shit. He's totally going to die before he posts this podcast. <clears throat> What, well, you think he's going to hear this podcast and then die. And yeah. then they're going to, like, charge us with murder, probably. <laughs> I watched this movie Knives Out last night. Was it good? It, you know, it was really entertaining, yeah. It yeah. was like, uh, you know, it's like a, a just a wild murder mystery, you know? Like nice. a bunch of char- real characters, you know? So anyway, all day I've just been thinking about, like, murder mystery tropes, you know? Okay, go for it. You know, like, Bob Dylan dies of coronavirus, and, like, everyone thinks he dies of coronavirus, except for, like, this one detective who listens to Dump on the Ump and, like, hears a clue and realizes Uh... that actually it was the fireworks that killed you know what I mean? Yes. I'm so excited about my improved audio that's really going to pick up. It's the C block, Jill, for fuck's sake. It's the C block. This is what people come to hear. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm down. Um, did you watch that movie Clue starring Tim Curry? Rest in peace. Yeah, it's basically like Clue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like any other number of like everyone, someone gets murdered at a dinner party and everybody's a suspect. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I really want to watch it. Um, Nothing is much. what it seems it is. Is it funny? Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. And it's got uh, Daniel Craig. Is that his name? Yeah, old James Bond. 
Yeah, James Bond. But he yeah. plays like a like a real southerner. Just a real thick southern accent. That's like pretty it's like pretty bad, but it's it's like for some reason makes it good that it's bad, you know? It's like somebody read a like a novel, a mystery novel. Yeah. And like in their head ascribe like a really bad accent to the main character. And yeah. then it's like they filmed that. Bad accent and all. You know what I mean? Uh you ever watch Gosford Park? No. Should I? Yeah, I really like that movie. That's one of my, but but that's a movie that I like. You know what I'm saying? You ever see Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy? Maybe. That's a movie I like. Which like well, You're saying that as if like you like any movies that aren't Avengers movies. And we all know that you don't. <laughs> I love the Avengers movies. <laughs> Man. All afternoon today. So like I like these weird art house movies, but in yeah. reality he really only watches the Avengers movies. Over and over, over again. and over again. How many times do you think you've seen Thor Ragnarok? Uh, How many times? 13 or 14 times. Right. That movie came out like six months ago. <laughs> you know that's a lie. I just wonder where all these fireworks are coming from. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm having a hard time continuing this conversation. Alright. We gotta talk about because, like, God damn it. Like, Black Lives Matter, Juneteenth, but stop shooting the fireworks. It's Father's Day. All right, close the window. I'm not sure that's going to help any. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's wrap this up. It's been a while. Okay. Um, I don't, I, I think we're not going to see baseball in the United States of America this summer. I will. Really, you think there will be or there won't be? I think there won't be. Right. I think that that's fine. I think that we should all become Korean baseball fans. Yep. I'm on that NC Dinos uh, bandwagon. I hope oh, you, you got on. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on it. I thought you were a Wyverns guy. I'm off that bandwagon. They're second to last in the league. Right. I'm jumping on your NC Dinos bandwagon. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're really good. Uh, They've scored the most runs and allowed the fewest runs of any team in the league. Yeah. And it's interesting because the second place team, the Bears, I think, it's either the Bears or the Heroes. The Bears. They're in second place. The Doosan Bears. The right. Heroes they're not they're in second place, and they have a negative run differential. Oh, wow. I didn't or, know I mean, this is a week ago. I haven't watched in a week. No, because the Doosan Bears are pretty good. Um, right. The Heroes are bad. The Wibboons are bad. The Eagles, I think, are okay. 
but I'm not sure. Anyway, we should all just start watching it. We should make that like a huge money league. Give all our money to Kia and Samsung. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm down with that. If you call me... Well, I mean, like, I basically got my sleep schedule figured out that I will be awake at 5 a.m. to watch Korean baseball. Weird. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. The major Major League Baseball should be ashamed of itself. It and should be. The yeah. more and more I read about it, the more I feel like the players union should be applauded for the way that they're like standing their ground. I agree with that. When completely faced with an unreasonable and like authoritarian like smackdown. Yeah. Well, but yeah, yes. Totally. 100% agree with that. But that's the the problem is that because the union is standing their ground, we're not going to have baseball in the United States of America this year because the owners are trying to use coronavirus to extract more uh, givings. There's a better word for it than concessions. Concessions from yeah. the union. Right. They're trying to get more money. Yeah, they're trying to get more money in different in different ways. They're trying, they're trying to, to get devalue their product to maximize the ex, their the product. expanded playoffs is to get more money. Um, right. Um, the 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 slashing the draft in the minor leagues is to get more money. Yep. And it's you know, as we've pointed out many times, a wildly profitable enterprise already, despite what the owners say. Right. Ugh, just makes me so mad. I know. It makes you want to go out into the street and blow off a bunch of fucking fireworks, doesn't it? Yeah, we'll just, you know, pet some kittens, I suppose. Two ways to look at it. Yeah. There's Joel's way and the right way. My way is the right way. All right. Um, oh, here's I, I gotta I gotta bring this up before we sign off. Okay. College football is the worst. Hey. Welcome. I know. I love college football. This is the segment called Sam Was Right All Along. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the fucking worst. They're making players report to training camp, and all these players are getting coronavirus right now. <laughs> uh. And if you want to see the absolute worst intersection of labor, race, and health policy in America. It's going to be college football teams forcing their players to play college football. Yep. It's going to be bad. 
Yeah, we should have a massive strike on sports in this country. Is what we should. As what? Right, what? Right. Yeah. As yeah, the consumers. I agree. That's what we're coming around to. And I have a hard time like, with especially that. Especially college sports. Yes. Because they are not getting paid. Right. And right. Like, like the players, like Major League Baseball has a union to protect their players. And NFL, in theory. And the NFL and the NBA, in theory. Yeah. I think the NBA has a good uh, players union. I think the right. NFL is... They fun. also have a much better player-league relationship. Right. And we've talked about that. And I, I really think that's because of just the structure of the NBA. Like, LeBron James, like... LeBron, we've talked... We talk about this every week, that... Right. Mike Trout can never do what LeBron James can do. He can never have the influence Politically speaking, that or culturally speaking, or cult, yeah, yeah, totally. Even if he wanted to, right? Just because baseball and basketball are different games, yeah, maybe, but also because like Mike Trout is a fucking piece of white bread with an Angels uniform on it. <laughs> and- <laughs> It's like old white bread can only be so culturally influential. You know what I mean? And now that peanut butter is basically banned anywhere public, it's like totally devalued white bread. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They banned peanut butter? Yeah, you can't have peanut butter in schools anymore. Oh, because of peanut allergies. Because of peanut allergies. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't have, like, a lot of ballparks are banning peanuts and yeah. Gotcha. You can still have a hot dog. Yeah, that's true. But Mike Trout, like, wishes he was a hot dog. You know what I mean? He's not even a hot dog bun. <laughs> he like, he doesn't is... even have the personality to be, like, a folded piece of white bread. You know what I he mean? He is the mayonnaise on the hot dog that you did not ask for. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And yeah. you like, why is there mayonnaise? Yeah. What the fuck is there mayonnaise on this hot dog? And it's like, that's Mike Trout, baby. This is baseball. <laughs> we didn't ask for him, but he's yeah. like, we're shoving him down your throat anyway. There you go. <laughs> there you go. God damn. No, I. Uh, part of me feels bad for Mike Trout. Really? really? Which part? The left leg. <laughs> That's the part that doesn't realize that he got almost a half billion dollar salary last year. It's it's asleep right now. It's got all those pins and needles. Right. Yeah, you just injected heroin into it. <laughs> just vaguely melancholy and feeling very generous, you know? <laughs> I, I forgot that I had a left leg there for a while. Uh, why do you feel sorry for Mike Trout? Well, because he, he didn't ask for a celebrity. I think there's an argument to be had. I think it's a bad argument. I think it's a losing argument. 
But I think there's an argument to be had for he didn't ask for celebrity. Like, he didn't ask to be the leader of a major social movement. All he wants to do is hit baseballs and look at weather balloons. Right. And he's, but I don't feel like you get, I mean, I know that you said it's a losing argument, but you don't get to like, be like, oh, all I want to do is play baseball. Right. And if you're the best, bit, like if you want to, all you want to do is play baseball, you should be worse at baseball. So nobody cares about you. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like you can't be the best player in a league and then also be like, well, I don't feel like I should have to be interviewed. Right. Like, Right. I don't feel like I should have to speak on cultural issues that don't have to do with playing a game of baseball. Like, that's selfish and unfair. Yeah. And quite frankly, bad for the game. Yeah, that's a really good point. But, you know, it could be that, like, baseball skill, there's probably, a you know, a mathematical equation for baseball skill going up and personality going down, you know? Well, and the the terrible thought is that what proportion of baseball fans actually believe that Black Lives Matter? Oh, right. That that's that's the bad thought. Is that you know maybe a third of baseball fans don't believe that. Black Lives Matter. Right. But, you know, it's interesting, I feel like, in this this round of Black Lives Matter, is the people who don't believe Black Lives Matter are much quieter than the last time around. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and that's there's, huge. There's been a big shift. There yeah. has been a big shift. Because, like, you know, I see on social media people who last time around were blue lives matter all lives matter right. and this time around they're just not saying anything yes like they're not saying black lives matter for sure but they're not saying anything right they're like posting pictures of their domino's pizza you know what i mean or their cute puppies yep but it's also you know i don't know Trump had a rally last night that was less than half full. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I think there's been a big shift in the perception of the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. And sticking to sports, I think that Major League Baseball has done a bad job of dealing with that. I think that their individual baseball players, I'm thinking of Tim Anderson right now, but their other baseball players, who have done a really good job about dealing with that. Right. But, but, but it's not been like the NBA has like had a governing concept. That's guided how to respond to like police killings and things like that. Well, the NBA is also majority African American players. Right. So is the NFL. 
really though. Right, but not baseball. But not baseball. But should <laughs> you right? Should should that actually fucking matter? Then we're getting into a different conversation. No, it shouldn't matter, but it, it definitely matter. does. Yeah, yeah. And you know, also like the fan base is not. Yeah, but NASCAR. We talked about this last week. NASCAR has come out like right. the whitest, red statist sports that probably exists. Has been like, I mean, I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is lowering the bar. I don't know. Like you can't fly the Confederate flag at NASCAR rallies. That feels big to me. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm wrong about. That. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's big. Maybe it's just a quick fix, you know? Oh, like, probably, yeah. At the end of the day, like, what is, like, you know, tearing down monuments, tearing down flags, making a huge deal out of that is like a smokescreen to, like, larger cultural problems, you know? I don't believe that anyone really cares about the flag. Anyone who matters, who's like, you know, it's like <clears throat> we could talk about systemic racism in our every aspect of our society, or we could make it all about monuments. Yes, but I, I don't know where the line is here. There's a line at which symbolic victories matter, and there's a line at which they don't fucking matter. And that line is hazy. So, like, tearing that, like, but let's, let's just say banning the, the Confederate flag, the, Confederate, the Army of Virginia Confederate battle flag, to be specific. That's a symbolic victory. Purely fucking symbolic. But that matters. Right. Now, does that... I I agree with you. I'm not not saying that it doesn't matter. Well, but the question is... Change the minds of any NASCAR fans. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to fix racism in the NASCAR family. Agree. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, what I'm wondering is... I don't want to say it doesn't matter. I want to make it clear that I'm not trying to say that it doesn't matter. I th- yeah, no. I, don't, I, never, I never thought you were saying that. The question I'm asking is, what's the line at which symbolic meaning... The symbolic victories matter or don't matter. Right. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't don't know if anybody does. Right. I just feel like, you know, if you want, if you're like, the writing is on the wall, you want to like, you know that the change is coming. 
and it's not something you want to do, you make a huge stink about something minor and then concede that and then act as if you made a huge, done a huge thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think you just described the Confederate States of America. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just seems to me like... I don't know. Quidditch. Quidditch is a good sport. Right. They have been tweeting lately in their support of trans people's rights. So, and they've been playing their goddamn sport also. So, listen to this podcast and you want, uh, if you starved of sports and you support LGBTQ rights, check out U.S. Quidditch. They're fucking doing good stuff. Yeah. And playing good good games. And playing good games. It's yeah. Because Quidditch fucking, is entertaining. It's fucking fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and they know what the fuck they're doing, too. And uh, there's a European Quidditch. I haven't I haven't followed this up as closely as I should. At US Quidditch. Follow at US Quidditch. They're doing good shit. They're really they're they're doing LGBTQ stuff. LGBTQ plus. Um, but they're also playing goddamn Quidditch matches. Which are like fun as fuck. Yeah. How did we get a Hashtag trending on Twitter. Do you know how to do that? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, we can do that. We want to get trending. I just want to get um, the hashtag to remove Major League Baseball's exemption from the antitrust. Antitrust. Yeah. Law. You yeah. want to do that? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Let's then, see. like, fucking straighten them out real quick. Yep. Let's do that. And um, Senator Stuart Symington D. Kansas was the last motherfucker in the 60s, as far as I know, who threatened to take away Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption. Yeah. And that's why we have the Kansas City Royals. Yep. Um, so let's do that again. Uh-huh. Yeah, who just... Uh, who's either looking for a team or is losing a team? Oakland. Oakland just lost a football team. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to keep a hold of the athletic. Uh, Kansas City, Milwaukee is technically the smallest market. Is it? Yeah. Really? Milwaukee. Milwaukee is is the smallest um, MLB market. Yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah. Second smallest is Cleveland. Yep. 
then Kansas City, then Pittsburgh, then Cincinnati. A lot of NL Central there for you. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, let's get that hashtag trending. Yeah. And then we can start our own fucking baseball league. Hell yeah. That is the dump on the ump, slow pitch, American softball league. Right. Co-ed. Pro-LGBTQ. Right? Right. Lots of drinking rules. Right. What does uh, Chief Wiggum say? Chug a beer before the third. Chug a beer before the fourth. <laughs> like, make it to first base. You're going to have to chug a beer before you go to second base. Second base, you have to chug a beer. And yeah. then you have to chug a beer before you round third base to go home. You score, you got to chug a beer. <laughs> I know how to play softball. I know how to play softball. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bring back the Cincinnati Suds. Milwaukee Schlitz. Yeah, the Cincinnati Suds. Kentucky Bobins. Right. That's a sloppy ballpark, let me tell you what. (laughs) Make it the first base, you got to chug a glass of bourbon. Second base, you got a chug a glass of bourbon. They just win all of their home games. Right, because the other team can't stay on the field. The other team just can't hang with them (laughs) drinking-wise. We got to have a happy thought to go off on. I think that is a happy thought. That's a good call. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're home, start your own fucking softball league. Chug a lot of bourbon. Right. Maintain social distancing. Wear masks. Wear masks. Masks work, people. Dude, masks work really well. Allow trans folk to play in your league. Let them drink you, Boobin. Because every everybody should be allowed to drink right. Boobin. Right. That's what brings us together. Drinking and fighting about baseball. Fight with the umpire. Kick dirt on the umpire. Cuss the umpire out. Buy the umpire a drink. Because it's your non-competitive softball loop. Now, fuck the umpire. Get kicked out of the Come on. Get kicked out of the game. Get kicked out of the game. And then buy the umpire a drink. Right. And then spit in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hey. 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 Hey.
We got some shit we got to talk about. Okay. Baseball history, man, is what I'm talking about. Uh huh. He's looking at me skeptical. He doesn't know what I'm talking. I'm just just wondering what. Uh, oh. What, where this is going? It's gonna be fun. Okay. Do you know how many baseball owners are named Jim or John? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. So fathers, any of your fathers out there, or soon to be fathers. If you want your sons to grow up to own baseball. Oh, did you get a phone call? From you, yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you want your, your sons to grow up to be baseball owners, call them Jim or John. Yeah. And if you want them to grow up to own a chain of sandwich restaurants, call Jimmy John. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? Hey! Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to do an episode on Shaheen Khan. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Dump on the Up. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Let me call you right back. All right.